Welcome to Love with Integrity. My name is Sylvie Kukasian, and this podcast is all about relationships, how to hold healthy, loving boundaries, but also how to express yourself in a way that doesn't push your partner away. So join me for a wonderful conversation about mental health, relationships, and self-discovery. Welcome to episode seven of the Love with Integrity podcast. In this episode, I will be talking about codependency. It's a word that we hear quite often in the mental health community, and it has been especially growing popular in the social media world. So I'm going to do my very best to simplify this word as best as I can for you today. I'm going to be sharing a few different ways to know if you have codependent patterns in your life and also what needs to happen for you in order to start creating healthier dynamics with people in your life. Now, I want to start off with saying that we can have codependent dynamics with a particular family member or with friends, as well as our in our intimate relationships. So whether you are in a relationship or not, simply pay attention to which part of this resonates with you and just let go of the rest. Just like the rest of my work, it's not about putting yourself in one particular box, you know, and saying, oh, I'm codependent or, oh, I'm anxiously attached or I'm avoidantly attached. No, if the label is helpful for you, then great. But what's more helpful is to pay attention to how the behaviors show up for you and working around creating awareness and new behaviors around that place. So I'm going to give you a couple different and common themes of how codependency can show up. So bear with me. I'm going to give you a good handful of examples right now. So I'm going to go slow, but just even if you want to close your eyes and just allow yourself to hear which one of these you resonate with and what comes up for you as I go through these. So codependency can happen when we are giving up a lot of our needs, making too many sacrifices to accommodate the other person in our life, whether that's a partner, a friend, a family member, we are sacrificing a lot to um, accommodate the other person. It's when we fail to voice our own needs. We can even become very super possessive or jealous because we put so much value on the other person and fear losing them, especially if they're bringing a a large chunk of joy and happiness into our lives and we're depending on them for that. It can make so much sense that we feel more possessive and jealous for that very reason. Also, codependency usually has a a power dynamic. One person holds the majority of the power in the relationship, while the other enters a more passive and enabling role. Um, We can make excuses for the other person's behavior. That's very similar to giving up our needs, right? When When we're not owning our needs, we're dismissing ourselves and making excuses and justifying someone's behavior. Oftentimes you see this when there's alcoholism or when the partner is using drugs or even having certain kinds of addictions. And that can be anything from addictions to video games, addiction to porn, but addictive behaviors that genuinely are impairing, I'm stuttering, impairing, meaning hurting the relationship, but we're making excuses for their behavior rather than acknowledging them and calling them out for it in a loving way. 
Um, so this has a lot of enabling qualities to it, you know, enabling our partner when they're not willing to do their own work. So let's say we're in um, the self-development community or we just really value growth. And that doesn't necessarily mean that our partner isn't growing themselves, but then they don't have to have that label of, you know, self-growth. They might just be growing on their own. But when we have a partner that is really, really stuck in an area of their life or we're having major communication problems in their relationship and we're doing our best to be vulnerable and doing our part and our partner is not meeting us in that or a friend is not willing to meet us in that space and we become enablers when we are not setting those boundaries, when we're not speaking to how that is affecting us and it creates um, an unhealthy power dynamic. And that, like I mentioned, not addressing our partner's addiction or mental illness. You know, sometimes our partner might be struggling with trauma or depression or anxiety. And of course, we want to be very sensitive and careful when we bring these things up. But when it is severely impacting their health, it's it's only a matter of time before that starts to affect us as well. Another way we can become codependent is when we over-rely on our partner to fix us or make us happy, or when we empathize too much with someone as a way of having to avoid facing our own pain. There's a really common theme of guilt for people that really struggle with codependency, and that's where you know we often don't set boundaries because we're afraid of feeling that guilt. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to be that bad guy. We can't tolerate that feeling. And so we'll avoid conflicts at all costs. And we might even violate our own values to hold on to a partner or a friendship or a family member. So The theme of really revolving around the other person, you know, this is something that I have personally struggled with tremendously in my own uh, journey. I have, um, of course, chosen the path of a therapist and at many points in my life have taken on uh, careers where I felt very burnt out, where I might have not requested the kind of supervision that I really needed. And as a sensitive person, um, I didn't always speak what my limits were. And because of that, I made the other person, whether it was my boss or a partner, I made the other person and the experience more important than my needs. And of course, sometimes we don't know our limits until we get there, right? But when we start to see the same pattern happening over and over again, that's the red flag. That's the internal message. And another way for me that I've realized um, I had some really pretty severe codependent habits was I would give and give and give and overgive and then end up feeling super resentful and really, really angry and wanting to blame the other person. And while oftentimes the people in my life, they weren't forcing me to give this amount, of course, they were taking it because I was so freely delivering things, but I wasn't holding my end of the bargain. I wasn't going in in my doses, in my small doses, and then saying, you know, this is what I can do today, and that's all I'm able to provide. I wasn't aware and valuing my own limits. So pay attention if that's something that is is something that you personally struggle with, you know, that sense of overgiving and not knowing where your boundaries are, and you start to get enmeshed with the other person. In a lot of ways, we might make decisions to get someone else's approval rather than choosing something that would be beneficial for us as well. 
if you grew up in an enmeshed environment where one or both of your parents were not really self-regulated, maybe you had a parent that struggled with narcissism or trauma or depression or anxiety or addiction, and a parent relied on you for comfort instead of them comforting you, they relied on you. Well, that definitely causes a child to emotionally merge with their parents. And as adults can create codependent habits, that child grows up to think, well, I have to sacrifice myself in order to please my parent, in order to be of value of service to my parent. So take a deep breath together right now. It's a lot. And I could go on and on about the different ways codependency uh, can show up, but I think that's a good chunk to see if that resonates for you. And the common theme in all of these scenarios is that self-abandonment piece. And self-abandonment comes in all kinds of different ways. Whenever we abandon ourselves to keep the peace or to keep another, we lose. And the reality is that our partner or our friend or our family member loses too because we will end up feeling so much resentment and there will be such an imbalance in the relationship that um, even the person that is unknowingly taking advantage of receiving from our giving is going to suffer. So, you know, paying attention to when we start to lose those sense of boundaries with another person and that sense of separateness for, from another. And, you know, one of the things that would happen for me is I had a huge sense of my identity tied to taking care of other people, you know, and so pay attention to if that's something that you resonate with. And it makes sense why these patterns and these behaviors are so difficult to change because they are so rooted with how you identify yourself. And being really mindful and compassionate with yourself as you bring awareness to these habits. The person that is in the enabling role, that is the person that is codependent, in that neglecting of self role, has to be the one to speak up and recognize how enmeshed they are. They are the ones that need to be willing to see how intensely they are focusing on another person to get their needs met in unrealistic ways. And paying attention to how that shows up for you. And so I'm going to give you three different steps to begin this healing path for codependency. And of course, there are so many different ways. Um, my biggest suggestion is finding a support group. You know, a co there's CODA groups all over the world, working with a therapist that can really help you identify where the codependent habits first rooted so you can grieve and really make sense and connect your story with, the, with this. And also, um, you know, to help you have that deep amount of awareness. So that's the first step in healing codependency is that awareness piece. Paying attention to where else can we get certain needs met? It's learning to really trust that the relationship will still be there if we focus on ourselves sometimes. You know, for people that are codependent, again, we have such a focus, outside focus on other people, making sure they're taken care of or wanting to fix their problems that we don't bring that same self-care to ourselves. We don't trust that we can take that step back and that the relationship won't fall apart. 
And so bringing that awareness and whether that's through journaling, you know, sometimes affirmations can really help with these, but not the toxic positivity kind where you're just overriding where you are, but gentle, loving statements, um, even just writing things down like, I'm learning as I go. I'm doing the best I can. Those are loving affirmations that are very healing and soothing rather than writing things like, I'm not codependent or I'm perfectly healed just as I am, you know? So don't try to take the affirmations too far. Subtle, simple movements towards the healing and the awareness that you want. I'm feeling more awareness than I ever felt before. I'm willing to see habits that will help me grow. And notice they're still loving, but they're also very grounded and rooted in reality. And acknowledging, you know, when we put those heavy expectations on other people is another really helpful step for that first awareness piece. You know, going to the relationships in our lives that we have been perhaps expecting a lot from and letting them know, you know, it looks like I've been really relying on you for a lot these days. I don't know how healthy that actually is for us. I don't know if that's fair for you. And even something like I'm going to have to set some some more boundaries with myself. And I know that's going to be hard, but please know that my, our relationship is really important to me. And just speaking that out loud, airing it out is a huge and vulnerable share and a powerful step towards healing this. The second step in healing codependency is not shaming yourself for not knowing any better. Because if you knew better, you would do better. It's so easy to go back once we start having that awarenesses in our lives and to start beating ourselves up and to start judging ourselves. Like, why did I give so much? Why did I sacrifice so much of myself? Well, you had to play this out over and over again until you hit your rock bottom. Oftentimes, we don't change until we are suffering enough that we need to implement new behaviors. And so honor that. Honor that process of if you if you didn't get to the point of suffering where you are now, you might not have been able to make any changes and really allowing yourself to, um, to be proud of yourself for actually seeing it and wanting to take different steps. The third step, which is the action step, which is so important, is to start putting those new boundaries up. This is how much time I'm going to be able to spend supporting you today. And I'm going to be able to be here for an hour and then I have to go home. You know, really starting to define the boundaries for yourself. Maybe taking some extra time when you're home before you meet with a partner or with friends and really checking in before you say yes to an invitation. You know, how can you do this event or go to this event or engage with this person in a way that is mutually beneficial where you still get the connection time, but you give yourself permission to not feel like you have to say yes for any call of support. So what that looks like for me, um, now, when somebody asks me or invites me to a podcast or wants me to be uh, sp speaking at an event or something like that, or even when my partner asks me to come to an event or a friend's gathering in the past, you know, especially in the beginning of our relationship, I would just jump to say yes. I would want to please him. I would want to just, you know, do the thing that would... Um, make things easy to do, to deal with. Right. And so now one of the practices that I do is, um, I'm going to need just a couple of days to think about it and really giving myself a couple of days to really feel into whether or not this is something I want to do. 
I don't always do this for everything. Sometimes it's just, yes, I want to, I want to do this or no, that doesn't feel good for me. But for some of the things where let's say I'm just having a really overwhelming day, I'm really stressed and I don't want to make any decisions from that place because my go-to is yes, is that pleasing. And so starting to practice communicating those boundaries, even saying, I'm not sure yet is that boundary. And allowing yourself to honor that part of you that really needs that time to process and integrate whether or not something is going to work for you can be so powerful. And this is going to feel like a stretch, you guys. It's going to feel counterintuitive and deeply uncomfortable because your pattern is to abandon yourself. You might even get resistance from your partner or your friends or other people in your life when you start having new boundaries. That's normal and expected, especially because you're shifting the entire dynamic of the relationship. And that's the tricky thing with boundaries. You know, we want to pay attention to, it's okay if people get a little bit uncomfortable with our boundaries, but are they still being supportive about them? It's, it's one thing if somebody in our life is starting to, is shaming us or putting us down or criticizing us for our boundaries. It's another thing when somebody is just, you know, having a hard time with it and just is confused and they're going through their own process. That's, that can happen. And so you can speak into that. That's, that's actually something I really recommend. Uh, you could say something like, you know, I know things feel weird because you're used to me kind of always being there in a certain way. And I'm still here. I just really need to take better care of myself. Otherwise, I'm not going to have anything to give to you. And this transition phase might take some time and you get to assess whether those around you are genuinely trying to find a way to support you even as it makes them feel uncomfortable. So that is an important distinction, an important distinction to remember. Are those around you genuinely trying to find a way to support you even as it makes them feel uncomfortable? So baby steps, you guys. Finding a support system is key to work through codependency. It can be really, really challenging to start leaning into being a completely different role in your relationships. Don't underestimate how massive of a step this is to take. There are tons of CODA groups. You can find um, therapists in your area. A therapist site that I love is psychologytoday.com. You can search for someone based on location and insurance type and specialty. And there are lots of incredible books. There's one in particular that I highly recommend called Codependent No More by Melody Beadle. And it's about um, helping you to really stop controlling others and start caring back for yourself, caring more, not just more, but care, bringing that focus back to you. I also have a boundaries program that I created with my partner. It has modules on helping with languaging around this kind of stuff. And I will post, I will uh, put the link for that program in the notes for this podcast. All right, you guys. Well, I hope this was helpful. I hope it makes more sense and it's more tangible. And please let me know if this podcast resonates with you. If you could write a review, let me know if it was helpful. Also, whenever you have topic suggestions that you want me to talk about, I read all of your reviews on the on the review section for the for the iTunes and for the podcasts everywhere else. So I really, really appreciate your listening and uh, see you on the next one.